0: dear ones you're listening to the what god is not podcast with father michael aachlan and sister natalia glory to jesus christ
1: (laughs) glory forever
0: (laughs) is someone else going to say glory forever as well
1: (laughs) how do you respond if i say glory to jesus christ what do you say i
0: don't
1: know you say glory forever can you say glory forever or forever. There you go. Good job. <laughs> Can you hear her?
0: Yeah, a little bit. Maybe speak, speak, into, the, into, the speak into the mic a little bit more. What, what,
1: are, what are we calling you this week? What's your name?
0: Budsy.
1: Budsy? Oh,
0: we're back to Budsy. some first time
1: have ever wanted you to hear that we call you Buds. We call you Buds, but I don't know if you didn't want to. I thought you didn't want to be called that. Uh, yeah, I don't. Oh, but you're just saying that's what we actually call you. What do you want to be called this week?
0: Rose and Nicole Adams. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: There we go. I didn't know your middle name was Nicole. So this is our audience of one. <laughs> and I'm actually going to kick her out of the studio soon because she will take over. Um, won't you, Budsy?
0: For real. No. <laughs> no. She absolutely will.
1: Budsy, so what's, what's
0: the most important thing on your mind right now? Did you hear that? And what,
1: What's the most important thing on your mind right now? What are you thinking about? What's going on in your life? And how old are you, by the way?
0: seven. She's
1: seven. What? Well, what's the most important thing going on? Is seven she says years with right
0: attitude.
1: <laughs> Everything with attitude.
0: Colors. 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 You kind thinking of thinking about the weird color blue. <laughs> hmm. That's fair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I I need to. Uh, this is one of the most amazing things. I that I think I saved it on my phone. Well, let me put it up real quick. It reminds me of like of Budsy, actually when I when I read this. Hey, so I don't like blue. You don't like blue? It's just a weird color to you? So listen, listen this, is, this is from Maurice Sendak, the, the, the guy who did Where the Wild Things Are, uh-huh. right? the illustrator, story writer. You know him?
0: So I mean, I know the book, um, di- yeah.
1: Okay, so this is a quote I read about him. He says, "'Once a little boy sent me a charming card "'with a little drawing on it, and I loved it. "'I answer all my children's letters, "'sometimes very hastily. "'But this one I lingered over. "'I sent him a card, "'and I drew a picture of a wild thing on it. "'I wrote, "'Dear Jim, I loved your card.'" And I got a letter back from his mother, and she said Jim loved your card so much he ate it. That to me was one of the highest compliments I've ever received. He didn't care that it was an original Maurice Sendak drawing or anything. He saw it, he loved it, he ate it.
0: Um, that <laughs> totally reminds me of Budsey. I mean, Rosalind Nicole Adams. That's just weird.
1: That's just weird. Everything's weird to you. What's not weird? You say everything's weird all the time. Uh, what's, what's not, not weird? weird? What's it's, not weird? Uh, There's obviously very little that's not yeah, weird. Yeah, clearly. I mean,
0: right before we started recording, so she said much that stuff I'm weird. That
1: is weird. Yeah, there is so much stuff. What but what what's one thing that's not weird?
0: That is not weird? Yeah. Yeah. Is Father Michael weird? Uh
1: Jesus. Jesus? Aw, beautiful, Budsy. That's
0: beautiful. Jesus
1: is the only thing that's not weird. And all of us are are weird in comparison to Jesus, who is the ideal, right? What?
0: You know what? That's kind
1: I'm of four hundred level theology on her. <laughs>
0: it, that's kind of a really good segue into my topic, but I still need to. <laughs> supposed l- to be doing your podcast.
1: I am doing. You're on my podcast right now. She's like, "Are you supposed this to be doing your podcast?" This is the podcast. This is the podcast. You're going to be on the podcast. Oh, Oh. all right. I'm going <laughs> to let you run and go play. Okay. Bye. Can you shut, can you shut, bye. Can you shut that door behind you, Budsy?
0: Tell her I love her. All
1: right, sister says she loves you.
0: Okay. Um. So. This is a very strange recording situation. I'm using the hotspot on a phone, which let's hope that this stands through. But it's way better. Mm-hmm. Seemingly, it's a better better internet connection than I usually have at the monastery. So, um, I'm recording from Washington DC.
1: Yeah, so
0: that's fun. So
1: the president invited her to lunch,
0: <laughs> and uh, and I politely and she- <laughs> declined. And now I'm hanging out with <laughs> Abbot Joseph. <laughs>
1: He wanted your opinion on, uh, on abortion and the reception of the Eucharist. So what do you tell him, sister?
0: Father Michael, I can't believe you're doing this again. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know why this isn't black and white. I don't know why this is so
1: controversial in all honesty, but go ahead. Sorry. Neither
0: do I. Um, I the, the last episode we did, you brought up so many controversial things. I'm like, I'm going to get, Yeah. and who handles the emails, Father Michael? You or me?
1: Well, then you put a little, you tag it, Father Michael, yeah, that's true. <laughs> willy nilly. So you're actually in full control of the emails.
0: Willy nilly. I tag it willy nilly. Have you seen how many of the emails I've responded to that are not tagged uh, Father Michael? I,
1: I have not. I am so selfish when I, put up <laughs> the, the, when I open up the Walk.Amazon ah. email address. I look for the ones you've tagged me in. Oh. And then I'm like, and then I just look for those. And I'm like, all right, I, I guess I got to do these. And I answer them. And I actually kind of like doing it. I, I never thought I would. Like, <laughs> I just emails in general, I'm not a fan of. But the, the couple, the ones that you got, you listeners know, the ones I've responded to you. Yeah. And I, I actually really Enjoy it more more than I thought I would. So, grumpy old Father Michael actually enjoys responding to emails. Sometimes, Aww. sister's like, "Oh, I love it. Our listeners are so wonderful. I feel like a mother." And I'm like, <laughs> "Pray for you all every day. What more do you want?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're such a grumpy old man. I know. Um, hey, happy anniversary. Thank you. We're recording this episode, although we're recording a few weeks out, so um, this is coming out a few weeks after your anniversary, but we're recording the day after your anniversary, 16 years, right? Yep. And your parents' um, wedding anniversary, how many years? I should not have asked you that. Oh, you knew. Oh, because it was 30. I was was, was
1: ordained on their 30th wedding anniversary, so it's actually really easy for me to measure.
0: Good. To measure. And the day's going to come
1: when I probably know their their number, but I know my own. Like when they when they are fifty years, obviously in four years, mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, oh, well, that I just like I literally. You, I think you were there, right? Didn't I say I was the wrong age?
0: Yes, I'm the one who corrected you.
1: Yeah, I was like, I'm 42. You're like, you're not 42, and like you, <laughs> you did the math. I'm like, oh snap! Like my grandpa did that. My grandpa thought he was the wrong age for like the last 30 years of his life. Um But I was like, I was like, that's crazy. Who would forget how old they are? Uh, me.
0: <laughs> um absolutely uh you're yeah anyways um the what was I gonna say about that so their wedding anniversary your priesthood anniversary, your anniversary? did you get my letter yet I wrote you a letter no. for your anniversary um I, have I was hoping it would it come, in come in yesterday and it was also Father Travis's birthday
1: and it was it was uh Paul Laxon's birthday <gasps> your buddy Paul really yeah. I, I only know that from Facebook
0: Happy so birthday, I, I, Paul! I actually did
1: not wish him a happy birthday because I did not know. So he kept his secret. Aww, yeah,
0: that's really happy great.
1: Birthday, if <laughs> you, if, you, if you're following us on Instagram, he was the guy that was looking through the window when we were <laughs> <laughs> when we were recording the two of us. <laughs>
0: he was also the one he who did, helped us do the Instagram live.
1: That's right. Yeah. So he was actually really important, but but according to social media, all he was some creeper. <laughs> aww, is aww, that what
0: people aww. said on it? So
1: humble. No, I was saying that.
0: Father that's Michael. What it looks like.
1: Just that's what it looks like. Get a guy peering into the window when we're doing a live recording.
0: I know, but we knew that was going to happen.
1: And we asked him to do that. We're like, Paul, look through the window. We're going to get <laughs> a photo of you. We want to look like a creeper. Which, yeah. by the way, did you notice on the, the, the post that went out today, um, now Mos Olivia chose the photo of me trying to look creepy on the live. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> she used amazing. that as the photo for our Instagram post. I knew she and was you- going to. <laughs> it's actually pretty creepy.
0: Um, It's very creepy. <laughs> okay, so this is my topic and um i don't really know what i want to say i this is going to be one of those topics where it's just a lot of external processing because it it started with a conversation that i had with a new friend of mine last week and then has kind of continued since then so i want to kind of process that conversation and see what your thoughts on it and see uh, what you can bring into it from an Eastern perspective, I guess. So.
1: Was this friend President Biden?
0: Father Michael. Pre- <laughs>
1: Sorry, go ahead.
0: <laughs> the president did not invite me to Washington, D.C. Abbott Joseph invited us I, I
1: know us to you Washington, need to say D.C. that, but I'm just trying to like, <laughs> you're, I know you're trying to be humble, but I'm just like saying, yeah, go ahead. But anyway, we'll we'll let, we'll let you talk about what you want to talk about.
0: I can't handle you most of the time, but especially right now. Do you have any idea what my topic's about?
1: I wasn't paying attention to the prayer, in you, all honesty. You
0: weren't. You were just paying attention to I Buzzy. Was,
1: I was trying to get Buzzy to pay attention to the prayer. She was like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> we're praying, Buzzy. Listen to the prayer.
0: <laughs> That's why we started with, in the name of the Father and of the Son yeah. and of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Priest kid fail. Uh, we didn't talk to Father Adam about that. Father Nathan. Father Adam. So that was weird. <laughs> so I do that all the time. Okay, so you weren't paying attention to the prayer, so I'm just going to tell you
1: correct, okay,
0: so this came about because I was talking with a I was talking with a new friend of mine. His name is John, and he's just he's just really delightful, uh, a really beautiful soul. Are you trying to adjust your microphone without making noise?
1: Yes, and without you noticing, that obviously didn't work. No, so go ahead.
0: you need to fix your name by the way, before we hit. And recording, so make sure you do that. So, I'm in the fourth wall. I'm (laughs)
1: that's
0: (laughs) kind of what I do. It's kind of a thing. (laughs) I I was talking with yeah, this new friend John, who's who's a listener, but that's not how I met him. I met him through the monastery, and I'm sure I've met him and his family before. Super beautiful family. I'm sure I've met them before, but this last week I had kind of my first real extended encounter with his family. And as he and I were talking at the end of a work day at the monastery, he, he shared this line with me that just really struck me to the core. And, and it's something that I ended up praying with for, for the next few days afterwards. And I'm still praying with, but, but the line was this. It was, you don't really know someone until you've seen their weakness and and we were talking about that and kind of breaking it open and and talking about what this means in in our human relationships but also what it means in our relationship with the lord that that it's the moments when when we're at our weakest when we're at our most vulnerable that this is when these are the moments in which we're most open to the movements of god when we're at our weakest and and i've seen this play out many times in my life Right Where because because when we when we're strong, even if, even if we're even if we're strong through the grace of God, because really that's the only time that we're strong, even if we're strong in him, it's just it's such a temptation to become self-reliant and to not be open to His movement, to think that we can do things on our own and and it's really in our our weaknesses, that we can encounter him. But the reason, the reason this struck me just in human relationship. And then I do, I do want to talk a little bit about the, the divine relationship afterwards. But the reason this struck me in human relationships is because I, I just think that, man, I don't even know how to articulate this. I should have thought of how I was going to articulate this before I started the podcast. Um, Okay, let me let me share something that Abbot Joseph has been saying a lot while we've been here. So mother and I are here visiting him, spending some time with him, picking up some stuff that he wanted to give us. And, and he keeps using this line. He's talking about a particular situation, but then he's applied it to, to other situations as well. He keeps using this line that nobody is as good as their good deeds or as bad as their bad deeds. Nobody is as good as their good deeds or as bad as their bad deeds. And... There's there's a great truth in this, because I think I think the point of it is that we tend to identify people with their deeds, uh, mm-hmm. with with the things that they've done. We 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 conflate the two. You know, this is like the the famous the famous phrase of um, phrase what the, what's that called when you have a like a thing in a fortune cookie proverb. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. This is like the the famous proverb or whatever. That's um. It's not a proverb. Why am I using words? I don't know. I don't know what ontological means. Uh, so, <laughs> anyways, and you're the, also
1: asking me, which, uh, not, <laughs> might just not go anywhere. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, of, um, hate, hate the sin, love the oh. sinner, hate the sin, right? So, I, I think that this is, this is part of the thing of nobody is as good as their good deeds or as bad as their bad deeds because the problem with, and and you would think that the first part of that is is not a bad thing right like to think that someone is as good as their good deeds but the problem with that is then we we put people on a pedestal because we see <laughs> I just realized I have stuff hanging up on the wall behind me and I just it's just towels and that's fine, but I had other stuff hanging up there earlier <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can see it and I'm just really glad that that stuff's no longer that hanging.
1: Nobody else can.
0: <laughs> I know, my <laughs> face is this really red now. This is an audio
1: right podcast. <laughs> I know.
0: Okay, so, sorry. So, uh, I haven't really been sleeping for the last week and I'm trying to process life and it's really hard. So, the problem with with thinking someone is as good as their good deeds is we see someone who does a lot of good and then, we somehow make that their identity and then we're so disappointed and so distraught and so shocked when they mm-hmm. fall right mm-hmm. this is something we're seeing in the church all the time right now we're just shocked by someone who falls because they've done all these good things and and there's there's something right about that there's something right about us being surprised by the sin of those that we admire, surprised by the sin of those who lead in the church. There's something good about that, right? Like we should have these expectations. Um, But at the same time, that, that surprise when it's shock and when it's debilitating, that's when it's not okay. And and I've experienced this in my own life recently of just feeling really disappointed by someone who I, I just like had. Anyways, it's just when it's debilitating, it's not okay. Um, yeah. But on the on the opposite side, we do this all the time with with people who have done bad things, and we just assume they've done bad things, and thus they are a bad person. And this is just not. This is not at all what the church fathers would say, right? This is not what Evagrius would say. Evagrius, Evagrius says that we're all good at the core and that it's the the perversions and the things that, that we twist the good into sin. And, but but he would not say that because we have sinned, we ourselves are bad. Right. And, and, but this is, and I think that the, this is at the root of so many problems we have in our society right now, right? Like the, Everything about about uh, about like same same sex attraction or homosexuality it's like one of the big problems there is people are identifying they're finding their identity in their sexuality, like everything becomes about that and and it's like not everything is about that actually, your identity is that you're a child of god <laughs> and and your identity lies in that, and then all the other stuff can be discussed too, and that's fine but but problem like there's this there's this problem in us finding our identity in the ex-turtles as opposed to finding our identity in our relationship with god
1: and that's a good example because some people that identify as gay or homosexual find their entire identity in it obviously some don't Mm -hmm. Um, but also some and many people who who interact with them on behalf of the church also do that. In other words, if you are, if you identify as gay or homosexual, whatever same sex attracted, that that's all I see you as Mm -hmm. too. And, and so it's the, there's the subtlety and the nuance needs to happen on, on both sides. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And, and this is the problem with us in, in these good and bad deeds is, is we do this with other people. We see other people, we see their good deeds and, and, just assume that they're this great person and we put them on this pedestal and we, we never even allow in our minds the possibility that they can fall, that they're still human. (laughs) And I mean, this happens to, to us as nuns all the time, right? And to you as a priest, I'm sure all the time. And so we do this to other people or we see someone's bad deeds and, and just, never even allow for the possibility of redemption or for the possibility that this person actually has beauty within them. Um, Mm -hmm. So, but similar to what you're just saying, we do this on both sides because we do this to ourselves. We, we see our own good deeds. We pat ourselves on the back. We think I'm this amazing person or we see our bad deeds and we think I'm a horrible person and I never will be otherwise, and, and we oftentimes
1: just, ride that roller coaster coaster many times in the same day.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. we go
1: from the most amazing person in the world to I am the the worst of all people within an hour. Yeah, right. That's the work of the devil. Yeah.
0: So, so I I think that this is part of this is part of what strikes me about this line of we don't really know someone until we see their weaknesses because. Hmm there's i'm i'm thinking of a particular relationship actually where uh where i was i was able to finally see the weakness in someone that i had just blocked out for so long like i had refused to see because i had i had built up this this image of like you're as good as your good deeds uh for this particular person and when i started to see the weakness it was incredibly painful at first it's it's still painful in some ways but it was very painful but then in hindsight, I'm so grateful for it because it's like this actually is part of this person. Hmm. And I'm now more fully seeing this person. And yeah. and this is what I want, right? This is it, it, it might make me uncomfortable. It might make me it might it might push me outside of myself. But what I really want, if someone if someone were to ask me, if the Lord were to ask me, I want to see the totality of people. I don't want to just see the parts of them that I like or that are easy to be with, or um, because then I'm not actually seeing the person. I'm just seeing this version of them that's easy for me to have relationship with, and and that's that's just not real. and And I, I want reality. I want I want the totality, and I, I want to see everything about this person. And until we allow ourselves to see their weaknesses, even then then we're not seeing the totality. This was a problem for me in my relationship with you for several years, right? Like, you know this, we've had this conversation of, I just refused to see your weaknesses and which was bad because the weaknesses were there. I love you, but you have weaknesses father michael <laughs> and like the weaknesses were there but i kept pretending they're not so then there's this like weird frustration that i'm having of like why aren't you doing this perfect thing because you're perfect and so um <laughs> and it wasn't until i was able to just acknowledge like oh he has weaknesses as well and and then it's like once you acknowledge the reality of it and and you're willing to work in that relationship without the mask, then you're actually dealing with reality. And, and, and this, I have, I have one more thing that I want to say after I let you respond, but let me say one more thing before I let you respond. So it's, it reminds me of, um, Father Jacques Philippe talks about this in interior freedom. He talks about something in there really good book, very short read. I would encourage people to read it. I need to remember to put that on Goodreads. Help me remember that. You're not going to help me remember that. So I.
1: (laughs) One of my weaknesses.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One of your weaknesses. One of your beautiful, beautiful weaknesses that I'm so grateful to see. The Father Jacques Philippe talks in, he writes in Interior Freedom about how we need to be our true selves And, and to not, to not put up this, this facade, right? Because, because God can only work in reality. And so the places in which we're not acting out of reality, we can't encounter God there. And, and so even if the, if the reality is messy, if the reality is brokenness, then we still need to be in that place in order to encounter God. And and I think that's true in our relationships as well of we're not actually allowing for an encounter with God if we're not living in reality. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
1: I, I think this is why, um, this is why it can be a little bit odd to hear and refreshing to hear um, when when our saints like Moses of Ethiopia or Mary of Egypt or Augustine um, of Hippo, like they they lead with their weaknesses. In other words, they if, if you read the story of the life of Mary of Egypt, or if you read the life of of Moses of Ethiopia, like these saints, they led with their weakness. I mean, Augustine's confessions, right? That probably his best known work. Um, and it's almost like they knew this so well and they were so sick of, 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 of you know um, i'm i 'm trying to think of the uh, the metaphor here um, they 're so sick of of not of being misunderstood they 're so sick of being put on a pedestal they 're so sick of of people not knowing them because people only see their good deeds that when they lead with their weakness that they're actually hastening the Process of friendship. They're hastening the process of love, and they're saying anybody who is going to be turned off by my weaknesses, that like let them leave right away because there's going to be I don't I don't want people to be impressed with me because that's not going to lead to true relationship. It's not going to lead to true for friendship. It's not going to lead to anything that actually is helpful towards my pilgrimage to, to Theosis to heaven. Um, so let me just lead with it. I am the first time I meet you. I'm going to state. My, I'm gonna boast only of the cross of Christ, like St. Paul says. I'm not gonna boast of myself at all. Now, again, th- there's a place for that and these two wonderful saints had that and Augustine as well, these three wonderful saints. Because I think what I wanna commend you for, sister, is, is two different ways that you could have gone when you realized other people and my weaknesses, other people that you may have put on a pedestal. We all do this, I'm not just saying you do. Of course, all of us do it, but, but there's two things I think you could have gone that both just struck me while you were talking. Um, one is that you could have said, if if so, I'll just use myself an example. If I put someone on a pedestal for a certain period of time, months, years, whatever, then all of a sudden they fall, and this is this has happened. I've seen it happen. All of a sudden they fall. Then I make it all about me. Mm-hmm. I say, in other words, they they are perfect, but they're they're they're. Being weak around me because mm. they're mad at me, or they want to treat me bad, or I'm so horrible mm. that 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 they're they're hafting to literally come off their pedestal. They're hafting to to be weak. Like with you, you know, I struggle to write letters. You write me these amazingly beautiful letters, and I don't write back. You easily could have said he writes letters to everybody. He must write to everybody else. That's what that's what <laughs> anybody would write that way. But he just doesn't write back to me. Like you, you could have made it all about you, and you didn't. You didn't, <laughs> right? And and yet you didn't give up on me. And yet it is true. It is a weakness. I don't want to be that guy that doesn't write back letters i don't want to be that guy i want to change but you didn't make it i don't at least that you tell me you, you didn't you didn't make it all about you which is yeah, which is beautiful and, and and so you that that's why i think one of the responses that we tend to have when we put someone on a pedestal and then they fall off at the other response i think is to deny that they actually fell you see this with certain celebrities or especially certain celebrity mm. clergy mm-hmm. you know you, you you have a you have a someone that falls you know i'll just name like father karapi right a, a very famous um, celebrity priest. Now, now I don't know the whole story, so so take this with a grain of salt, if you will. I don't know the whole story, but I do know that that when it, when when the news came out that he had kind of fallen, he had, he was weak, like all of us are. All these people said, he did not. It's a conspiracy. Like, like pe- People are, are doing this to him. That, that he, he didn't do anything wrong. All these people are turning against him. Almost like these conspiracy theories start because they say the person didn't fall. Like They refuse to believe that someone who they loved so much or who was is actually speaking truth sometimes could fall. So th- th- those are two of, I'm sure, the many negative ways of once you've put someone on a pedestal and you only commend them for their good deeds, we could also do the opposite, of course, like you said, for bad deeds, mm-hmm. but we put them on a pedestal and when they fall, you either deny they fell and you, and you get mad at other people that say they fell and you, you just say they're wrong because you want to keep them on that pedestal or you say, if, if, if you know them personally, you know, I that they're only weak around me because they're rejecting me. They're treating me less, whatever it may be.
0: Yeah, and I, I think you're right that the reverse can be done as well because obviously we, and we see this all the time, especially in politics, right? If if, if people just can't stand a particular politician, Mm-hmm. Then it's it's like because you can't stand them because you think they've done all these bad things when they do something good you're not yeah. even a- willing to acknowledge yep, the good exactly. like, you see this all I I wrote a I wrote an article about this last year because I, I I saw this happen with a particular world leader and who I also didn't particularly like but but can we still acknowledge that that there's goodness there. And yeah. and so I think that's the other response that's not that's a negative a negative response when I agree with the two that you gave but but a third when when someone we've put on a pedestal has fallen a third response that is not good and it's one that I I've been struggling with recently and that I've praise God pulled through and which is why I can talk about it now but is there's this temptation to say that all of this goodness that I saw in the person that was not real. Mm. Right? And and that's okay. that's another response is we can say uh oh like because I I I thought because of all this goodness I thought that this person was so good and now that they've fallen then then maybe all of that goodness was not real, and huh. and that's a huge danger as well. And yeah. that's something that that I think we need to to fight against. And and that that brings me into kind of the 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 third part of this. I don't know why I said third part because I don't know how many parts I've done, but the, <laughs> the, the final part, I guess, of of this. And the part that I really wanted to to break open is. So as we allow people to see our weaknesses and we encounter these different responses, it can be very painful and it can be very wounding and it can cause us to close off and not want people to see our weaknesses anymore, right? This is why, this is I think probably the greatest reason we don't want people to see our weaknesses and that we don't want to be vulnerable is because we're worried we won't be accepted there, we won't be loved there, and and all of that. And and part of that comes from experience. We have shown our weaknesses and not been loved or accepted. And and so it's a very, very scary thing to be vulnerable in that particular way, to be vulnerable in showing our weaknesses. And again, I've said this on the podcast so many times, but that's what the word vulnerable literally means, is able to be wounded. That's the the etymology of the word. And... And... I so as I was talking with John about this, about about what this means and, and vulnerability and and how it can be scary, and I was remembering, and I I told him about this, but I was remembering someone who had written to me, um, someone who who listens to the podcast and just beautiful, beautiful man, and he's an older gentleman, and so he he wrote me this letter that was a lot of it was just sharing his thoughts on the podcast and, and sharing about his own life. And I remember just reading this letter and being like, man, what a gift, what a gift to be able to see into this man's life. And I was thinking of this when you were talking about the emails because I really do, I mean, listeners, I, I tell Father Michael off the podcast all the time. I'm like, Father Michael, these people are so beautiful. They're sending these emails. And and I don't always have time to respond at length because I just, but I would, I want to. I just don't have the time for it. But I really am am just struck by the beauty. And as people are sharing just these these places in their heart, sharing prudently, I think we, we can also share imprudently, right? Like we can share just too much. Um, Sister Natalia raises her hand because she does that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a struggle. Anyways, The but when, when people are sharing prudently these places in their heart, it's such a gift. And so anyways, I'm reading this letter from this man and I'm as I'm reading it, I'm so grateful for what I'm seeing. I'm thanking God for the beauty in this man's life. And then towards the end of his letter, he says something he says something along the lines of um something along the lines of I know I'm just another old man and that and that uh I'm sure you have better things to be doing so thank you for your patience with me in reading this letter. And and I wrote him back within a few days which normally it takes me like a couple months to, <laughs> to respond to people at least. I'm actually like six months behind in letters right now. Anyways, the, there's so, so many letters. The But I, I respond to him in a few days and I respond to the content of what he had shared. I thank him for that. But then the last thing I say to him is, is that line that he wrote of, I'm sure you have better things to be doing. Thank you for your patience was completely heartbreaking for me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, I, I almost cried when I read it. Maybe I did cry. I don't remember. But it was so heartbreaking to me because uh, not, not maybe for the reason that you think. It's not just a matter of, it's heartbreaking that this man thinks he's not worthy of my time. That's part of it. The bigger part was that for most of my life, I would have acted out of what he had said. Like for most of my life, if someone, I just I was so focused on looking at myself that I didn't see other people, and if if someone if a person around me was not of any quote unquote use to me, then I didn't give them the time of day. I really did look past them. I really did think I had better things to be doing with my life, and and I was so overwhelmed by this man's letter. And I, I feel this often when when I get emails from from listeners. And, and, and this just happens to me because I'm a nun and it's happened, especially since my interview with Matt Frad and since starting the podcast, but, but even, even before those things, even just being a nun, I'm overwhelmed by the gift that God gives me in letting me see these people. Because I think that for so many years, I could have had that opportunity and I completely neglected it. And and when God put these people in my life, in my life, I just didn't even see them. And so, so the, and in, in so I, I deeply regret those missed opportunities. But the part of it I don't regret is that because of that, I don't take it for granted now. And and because I'm like every time God gives me this opportunity, this letter from this man, uh, hearing these things from John seeing my 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 grandma or the people who come to the monastery or whoever it is i i when i'm able to actually see them and to get a glimpse into the beauty that's in their heart then i just know that it's pure gift because i've done nothing to deserve this in fact i've done i've done everything to not deserve it right i've i've god has given me these opportunities before and i just threw them out the window and and yet he allows me in some way to redeem that <laughs> by seeing the people that he puts in front of me now and and there's just such a there's such a beauty there and so it's like as i as i see these people and see their weaknesses i i don't know how to articulate this but <laughs> but listeners i when you're sharing with me these weaknesses and these these places of hurt in your life i really really do see it as a gift and I feel it as a gift and, and I can see the beauty there because in those wounds, I can see the wounds of Christ. And in, in some way that again is difficult to articulate, I can see the glory that can come through those wounds If you allow them to, if you, if you allow that glory to come through, I just, I guess I see the potential there. And it's, it's, it's like when people share this and when I'm, when I'm seeing the beauty in the people in front of me, and as they're sharing their wounds that are so scary to share, as they're sharing their weaknesses that is so vulnerable to share, I just I I know that I'm on sacred ground and I really try to walk there with reverence, you know. I really I really try to 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 reverence those people and to be sensitive. And this is something Father Michael that you are incredible at. You are you are so you're so sensitive to these things. Like when someone opens up to you, there's never a shaming, there's never a um, it's it's a it's a great gift that you have, and and it's one that I I try to have, that I really try to to reverence. Yeah, it's just sacred ground. Uh, I don't I don't know how else to say it. And and it's a gift to be able to see that, and and it just makes me it makes me think of of the beatitude of blessed or the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Because it's like the more we allow ourselves to be purified and to be less focused on ourselves. The better we can see God in the people in front of us. And and that's true of that's that's true of of the person in front of you that you see that's so clearly striving for holiness, but it's also true of of the person that you see who is just steeped in sin. Like there's still beauty in there. This person is still made in the image and likeness of God. There's still dignity there that we are called to see, that Jesus wants us to see. Because if we don't see it, like who's going to see it? <laughs> and 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 it deserves to be seen and it deserves to be called out because if if people can't see this own beauty, if, if they can't see their own beauty, um, We just, we need to, I I think we need to do a better job of recognizing the beauty in one another and as is appropriate, articulating that beauty, Hmm. you know, in, in helping because not, not, so few of us today actually recognize our own beauty, right? And so I I think that we need to do a, a better job of loving our brothers and sisters by helping them to see their own beauty, because it's when we see our own beauty, we only want to live up to that, <laughs> and and it, it helps us. Like when we see our own beauty, I think it helps us to strive towards holiness because we want. Yeah, we want to live up to that beauty. We don't want to. We 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 no longer have to settle for less than than we are once we can see what we actually are, and that I want to share one more story. Uh, And then I'll let you respond in whatever way you want, Father Michael, but of, of where this like really became clear to me was a few years ago, I was having dinner with this couple and, and I am just dragging through dinner because I'm like, this is the most boring couple I've ever met in my life. And I'm like, there is nothing entertaining about them there is there is just nothing interesting and no matter how and so i just keep right so so in the conversation i'm just i'm trying to stay awake through dinner cuz i'm so bored i'm bored out of my mind and i'm just doing everything i can to bring the conversation back to me so that i can talk about myself because i'm so fascinating and <laughs> and just like anything that's going to get me through this dinner and then please god when dinner is over will you just leave and 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 the next day I'm praying, maybe even that night, I don't remember, but I'm praying about this and I'm like, shame on me, shame on me. Because, and not literal shame, we shouldn't really feel shame. <laughs> but um, but it, was, it was one of those, those moments of missed opportunity because I'm like, these people were made in the image and likeness of God. And I can guarantee you that when Jesus looks at them, Jesus is fascinated. Jesus is not bored. Jesus sees beauty here. And if I'm not seeing the beauty, it's because I'm not open to it. Not because the beauty's not there. Right. And that that became for me. That became for me this moment of and it wasn't even, it wasn't even like these people are just objectively beautiful and they're holy people. It's, it's not even like, it's, it's not like I couldn't see it because it's so covered up by all these other things. Like actually this is a holy couple. And I, so that was a really, really convicting moment of me, um, convicting moment for me. And from that moment on, I really started to try to like, when I was bored by someone, I really asked, started asking Jesus, show me the beauty in this person. Show me what you find fascinating about this person. And that prayer has really helped. And and it's really, because even, even in just a very practical way of when I've made that prayer and I'm intentionally trying to find the beauty in this person, then I'm asking them questions about themselves that's that's causing them to open up, right? And, and when when someone opens up and they're opening up their heart Again, in that reality and they're taking down the mask, we can't help but see the beauty. Because because where there is the reality, that's where God is. That's where we encounter God. And and that's that's where God is, that's where the beauty is.
1: Um, yeah. Amen. I really really like the the image of someone when they're sharing their weaknesses, that sacred ground which we need to tread with reverence. Um, you know, in the sense, to use the image, take our shoes off and, and you know, mm-hmm. and make sure that we're a very nice situation because so much about about bully culture and any sort of, I, I just, I've, I've spent the past few nights because I've not been feeling well, so I've been trying to go to bed early. And so I'll just, I'll put on a movie and, and um, the past few nights I've been watching movies that are kind of all about, um I don't know uh, it's usually like aggression and it's you know with the United States if they're like you know political movies and things like this, it's about how the the, the stronger is always going to win and our relationship with the Middle East our relationship with Mexico things mm-hmm. like this and, and how much I think these are movies they're total fiction but the, it just kind of shows how much how much in a society we act out of out of the the stronger is the better you know mm-hmm. if I have more power over you and and kind of the, this assumption that we are we are stronger than you and therefore we can kind of do whatever we want we can be immoral we can be unethical we could be unjust because we're stronger that that that's actually a big debate right now in the church um, in, in if, if we if we deny God you know what 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 is well you know what what why not just be the stronger one why not be you know the 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 winner in everything um uh, but anyway and father Nathan had a great homily last Sunday and then he kind of used the image of if, if we are I I'm, I'm putting words in about, I don't think he exactly uses this image, but this is how I interpret it was that imagine like that. We are like a sieve and, and, and when God works through us, the devil just passes through the sieve, mm. you know, and, 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 and he can't grab onto us. But if we get, if we, if that sieve gets gunked up with sin, then he can move us. Um, but kind of the, the, the stuff that it gets gunked up with is little pieces of a mirror and so it's like as we we actually stop seeing God in sin, and we only see ourselves. Mm. And so what the, what the devil does is he, he the the more and more we complete this mirror, we think we're looking at God, but we're really looking at ourselves, you know. Mm-hmm. And and it's sin that is, has done this because sin has gunked up um, that this clear pane of glass or whatever image you want to use this clear pane of glass and turned it into a mirror. And that that's so we only see ourselves when we're trying to see God, and we all do this. I mean, this is such a such at the heart of all of us, um, but. One thing I, I was trying to tie in what you said as well that made me think was um, you know you, you talked about when someone on the surface is just unintriguing to me mm-hmm. right if they if I'm, I'm I feel kind of forced to spend time with them and then all of a sudden I realize like you did through prayer that that this person because they're a human they're worthy of investment and God created them obviously to to, prov- to have a place in the body of Christ, they have certain gifts of the Holy Spirit that make them essential in the body of Christ. We're all essential in the body of Christ, but but the, those gifts are essential. So the the more I invest and I find this per- person worthy of investment, the more I'm going to find the beauty of what part of the body of Christ they are. What part, you know, where where are the beauties that God created them and stuff like that. And it just it brought me back again to the reality of of like I get, did a whole podcast on recently is is of liturgy of, of public worship. Um, of worship that we are not in full control of, that we we don't have a say in. Father, man, just can't you take out the whole middle of the liturgy? Like, can't you just jump from the gospel to the you know to the consecration? Like, we're not in control of that, you know. Um, and and so in liturgy, we come to realize that liturgy is worthy of investment mm-hmm. because it is so beautiful. It's worthy of actually actively attempting <clears throat> to 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 find the beauty that we know is there, and we realize it is my own sin, my own impatience, whatever this is keeping me from. Seeing the beauty that I know is there in our liturgy, um, so if I find the liturgy boring, I need to say this is worthy of investment, and I know the beauty is there so I need to invest in it. And the same, the same thing is that way. So if we if we understand the objective beauty of every other human person, and also understand the objective beauty of of the things that that we know are beautiful, like the liturgy, um, then we we are given the. Opportunity to, to, to change ourselves, to adapt ourselves to find that. Now, that being said, um, you know, one of the things we used to say in the Companions, the, the priestly fraternity I was in back in Denver, was that within the Companions, we are all brothers. We are all brothers, but we, we, that does not mean we're, we're all friends. In other words, you can friendship is something that you can you can choose because someone is like-minded because someone has the same, you know, someone is, is intriguing to be around, someone makes me want to be a better person. You know, when, back when I was dating, that's apt that absolutely became the measure of someone I wanted to continue dating was that do does this woman make me want to be a better person? Like mm-hmm. they want me, and I, there was only really one girl that I kind of came to the conclusion that she didn't that she, she I like I was like the 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 instinct Instinct I had. Of course, I could have um, counteracted this, but the instinct I had when I was around her was actually to become like she. Em- she she allowed me. She enabled me through our relationship to emphasize my weak points, to emphasize my 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 sin. You know, gossip with around her mm. and you know, mm-hmm. getting mad at other people around her, things like that. She just she allowed me to do that, and I, I wanted someone that was going to actually enable me and empower me to do good. So there's something like with when it comes to friendship, we can say if I find someone boring or if they always want to talk about baseball and I'm a football guy, whatever it may be, like, that doesn't mean you need to be friends with everybody but it does mean you need to treat them with respect as we are all brothers and sisters in Christ we are all members of the body of Christ mm-hmm. so it's good to try to find that but but that does not mean that you need to like spend all your time with them or or, or you know have, be a friend out of out of charity you know mm-hmm. that that's that's not helpful to them or you so the, we we can even though we are called and I think you and I sister especially because of our, our vocations within the church are called to to really really invest in in everybody that that comes to us. And we are all brothers and sisters, but that there is a certain allowance for when I am on my own time, I'm going to seek out people that make me want to be a better man. I'm Mm going to seek out people that make me want to be holy. I want to grow closer to Christ and this person, when I spend time with them, they actually make that way. Whereas somebody else might not, um, not that doesn't, devalue them at all. It mm-hmm. just means that that they're not the person I'm called to spend my 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 free time with because, because I, I should be spending the time trying to be a better person. And certain yeah. personalities help that. Some don't.
0: Absolutely. I'm I'm glad you make that that clarification because it's actually I, I, I completely agree with that. I I'm my point is that we should be able to see beauty in every mm-hmm. person. Even Amen. even if it's not the kind of beauty that we necessarily, so, so this is true with, with things like art, right? I'm just not an artist. I'm just not the kind of person who appreciates to the full extent that they should be appreciated a beautiful painting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, but I can, I can see the beauty of a painting, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to spend my time in prayer in front of a beautiful painting, as opposed to, uh, out in the mountains, or something like that, right? Like there, there are different kinds of beauty that maybe yeah. our heart beats with more so than others, and and so that's absolutely fine. And and I think the same is true in relationships. And it's it's a matter of can we see the beauty in every person? Because if we're if we're not able to see the beauty in someone, then we're not seeing God in them and that means that we need greater purity of heart because the pure of heart shall see god and and i think that that's something that we all need to be striving for because it's it's like can you see the beauty in the person who was just convicted of pedophilia you know um and and imprisoned from that the beauty in what they've done. No, no, no. <laughs> That's not what I mean. And but nobody is as bad as their bad deeds. <laughs> and like can you can you still see God in them? Can you still can you still appreciate that they were made in the image and likeness of God, that they are not beyond redemption, that they are that they are not yeah. I guess that I
1: love this person, and he needs to stay in jail for the rest of his life.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I, he, that does not forgiving them does not mean they should come out of jail. Forgiving them right. does not mean they should be back in yeah. society. But, but I can love them and still say justice needs to be done.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, yes, and uh, well, that's well, a oh, good sorry, balance. Go no, no, no,
1: that's all. Well, one thing about art, and, and this was this was told to me by um, by a buddy of mine. And if you ever if you want to uh, to kind of experience his personality, um, check out the Lanky Guys podcast. But Father Peter Mussett. Um, was a friend of mine back in Denver, and he he's an artist in many ways, and he he would always distinguish between the types of art: sacred art, and then there's like secular art that is transcendent, and then there is just simple art that is is. Oh, I, I like that, but somebody else might not. There, there's, it's totally subjective. And so mm-hmm. he, he was really able to be eloquent about the different types of art and how, what our response to them should be. There's certain objective art that that if I don't see this as beautiful, then there's something wrong with me. And then there's another type of art that says, if I don't see this as beautiful, that's perfectly fine because this is a completely secular type of art. And, and, and there's different types of art in that way. Um, because I mean, the, one of the things he said too was, was, was kind of, was very clear. He was saying, you know, art Ideally, used to be something that when I when I create art, it, it reveals the transcendent. Like mm. the art actually reveals something that cannot be portrayed with with paint and egg tempera and, and on canvas. Like it can't. Like so. So I see a piece of art, and it actually reveals something else other than just that art, something mm. bigger, the transcendent. But many times artists just say, well, I'm, I'm expressing myself, right? Our art Mm -hmm. is, is not expressing or attempting to reveal the transcendent. It's actually just trying to express myself. And, and even some contemporary artists saying, I'm trying to express my, my, my sinful side, my, my, not my, my weak side, not my vulnerable side, but my, my expressive side that is actually going against objective truth. So Mm -hmm. this is, this is the difference. So, you know, when, when it comes to art, there's all these beautiful different, um, expressions and different ways of interpreting the objective and the subjective. Um, but one thing you, you said, you know, when, when we need to see someone as beautiful and, and, and because they are beautiful. And I think that's, that's when it comes to God created all of us in his own image and likeness. He redeemed all us, he loves us. So therefore, if we don't see that in other human being, we're in the wrong and mm-hmm. we need to adapt and change ourselves through Christ's power to be able to see that in them. Um, and the same thing, I, I always tie this into forgiveness. Once God forgives somebody, that, then, then we need to, we need to understand, yeah, we need to say, yes, um, they are forgiven. They're objectively forgiven by God. So therefore, if, if I am, if I have not forgiven them, then in a sense, I'm in the wrong. And that actually might be debilitating since Christ said what you, you know what you bound on earth is bound in heaven, et cetera. It's so like I could actually be debilitating to the, their 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 the reality of them experiencing this forgiveness, even though God has forgiven them. So there, there's something about that. And one of the worst one of the worst instances that this ever happened is um, a long, long time ago. A friend told me that they heard overheard because you know you're, you're sometimes, especially this was in a, in a Roman Catholic church where kind of people are waiting in line outside the confessional. You 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 need to make sure you don't overhear the person in front of you. And and sometimes the person in front of you is a loud talker or the priest is a loud talker and you can overhear the confession. The same thing happens out of Byzantine churches if you're in front of the icon of Christ, right? And you you sometimes need to fight to not overhear something. But this guy overheard- If you do,
0: just as a disclaimer for listeners, if you do overhear someone's confession, just for the record, you are also under the seal, of confession, like you yeah. also are not to repeat that to
1: other people. It's it's a, it's a great sin. You don't need to go to Rome to have it forgiven, like you do sure, for priests. But yeah. but 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 you're right. You you it, it is a grave sin um, to to reveal what what you heard in confession, and and that's exactly what this guy did. Oh, I mean, he, sorry. he, he overheard. <laughs> no, no, he, he overheard his girlfriend's confession. Oh, through the through the wall, mm-hmm. and then and, the, and it, it angered him. Mm-hmm. It made him really, really mad. Something she said. Um, so, in other words, but and at the time, I just didn't have the wherewithal. I was, I was young. I didn't have the wherewithal to kind of explain my frustration with what he was, what what he was sharing, and how he was reacting to overhearing part of her confession. But, but I thought, if she has confessed it, then that is the most explicit way of saying God has forgiven her for this. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, you literally overheard a confession you, you, and, and you're, you're, you're reacting negatively and you're not forgiving her for something you heard when objectively God has forgiven her because she mentioned it in confession. So there's, mm-hmm. there's something, there's, we just need to be very, very careful that we are not doing something against our Lord. The same thing has happened with where, and I, I think we've all had this, this is a little more subjective, where I have experienced something very, very beautiful. And, and, and then somebody comes and criticizes me for it. Mm-hmm. You know, they crit- And, I, and I, I go like, I know, I feel it in the depths of my soul that this is a beautiful thing. And here you are criticizing it mm-hmm. and calling it evil we have to be very very careful with that yeah. and this is why we should be very careful criticizing anybody mm-hmm. because if 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 we are wrong then in a sense we are, we are saying what is of god is not of god what mm-hmm. is of the holy spirit is not of the holy spirit and that's and that's a that's a very dangerous place to be because the scriptures explicitly say Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is is the unforgivable sin now mm-hmm. we can debate exactly what that means I, I believe it it truly means the we do not let the Holy Spirit you know we do not let Jesus the Holy Spirit forgive us or love us and so it's really on us but there is something absolutely true um, about about Calling something beautiful evil—that mm-hmm. we need to be very, very careful with that. And when we've experienced that happen ourselves, we should be very careful doing it for others. Um, anyway, that's a whole different topic. But I, it came yeah, to mind I, according I, to this.
0: I would love us to have that topic actually at some point because I've, we've, we've had to talk about that at the monastery. You know, where it's, it's we, myself included, have, you know, made fun of other nuns for things that might delight them. You know, it's like and yeah. and that can be that can be really hurtful because it's like yep, yep. this thing that this thing i find beautiful and it brings me to the lord and and the fact that you say that this is stupid or this is childish or this is what that's that can be painful mm-hmm. um and that's another place that we really need to to reverence one another and and to to realize that when people are sharing what delights them they're that's also vulnerable and and that's also sacred ground mm-hmm. so anyways I need to go because we are supposed to pray Vespers in five minutes. Cool. So prayer intentions. Oh, shout out to Liz, who is a listener, who sent me a pair of socks and then just included in the box a bunch of other just like fun things, like a sponge and some sticky notes. And it was really just delightful. So shout out to Liz and...
1: Did you read my response when you sent that photo to the Slack?
0: I did. Yeah, you said that you were jealous. Basically,
1: I d- I just said <laughs> I said you were rejoicing in in a bunch of stolen office supplies, <laughs> which is very unlike Sister. <laughs> I it know Liz, they weren't. They I know weren't they weren't stolen. stolen, Liz. I just I thought that was funny because Sister is so. Black and white about more moral things like that. That if I had like told her, yeah, I stole a pen from work, and had like no issue with that. She'd been like, "You need to return that." Like that—that like that is so wrong. And I would have been like, "It's a pen," and she'd have been like, "That—that—that—that is—that is a pen you stole." Anyway.
0: Okay. I. It didn't even. Are you Are you praying
1: for Liz because she stole off supplies, or are you just doing a <laughs> shout out?
0: <laughs> I was just doing a shout out because I meant to do it at the beginning and I forgot. Oh, okay. So my for my prayer intention. Actually, I'm going to ask listeners to spend this week praying for yourself, for, for the grace from God, for purity of heart, to be able to see God in the people around you and to see the beauty in the people around you.
1: Amen. That was beautifully hippie.
0: Um <laughs> I've, I never, I've never I, been a, I realize, a hippie before
1: I re, I just realized I'm kind of making funny of you of something beautiful which is exactly what we just said don't do <laughs> but we
0: have we have a relationship where it's anyways it's understood oh, that's
1: possible and good okay yeah um I just I, I wanna I wanna. I've actually asked yes, for prayers. I just literally got a text just now and I think it was Jesus saying, pray for this person. This person, I, a friend of mine has been struggling a lot recently with with depression, despair, just having a really, really hard time with self-hatred and things like this. And this happens a lot in the life of a priest, but um, but this person has, has been struggling for years and years and I've been walking with them through all of this. But I just got another text um, just now. I'm asking for a prayer, so I'll pass along the podcast. Just pray for a, a, a dear friend of mine who for years has been struggling with with despair, self-hatred, shame, all these things that, that, is, that is, I, I think it is their cross. It is is—it is probably the biggest cross in their life and it's gonna be a, a lifelong cross for them and the devils—the devil has many, many victories um, in their life. Um, but I know that Christ does and will have even more. So just pray for this friend of mine. I don't even wanna make up a fake name, Jesus mm-hmm. knows. Uh, just pray for them, thank you.
0: All right, Father, give the blessing.
1: All right, may Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you, may Lord bless all those who are listening. May you always call what is good, good, and what is evil, evil. May you always desire to find the true beauty in those you encounter, those who are hard to love, those who are easy to love. Um, May you really invest in the lives of those whom God has put in your life, that you may never just define yourself or others by what you do or what you don't do, but rather, through God's own definition of love and his own desire for you to grow in awareness of your own beauty and that of others. May you be responsive to his promptings and to his movements in your life always. May the Lord bless all of you this week and always may you desire the salvation of your own soul and that of others and may you respond to God's prompting towards that end. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you. I love you.
1: Thank you. Love you too. Love Love you,
0: listeners. You're beautiful.